Random Inks Productions presents the Credible Nerds Podcast. Hello there. This is an incoming transmission from Obi-Wan Kenobi. Welcome to the Credible Nerds Podcast with Mark and Justin. This is the podcast you're looking for. Don't go about your business. Stay here. Well, go about your business and listen. And then you can move along. Move along. And may the force be with you. Always. guys to the credible nerds podcast we have a special treat for you we'll be reviewing the empire strikes back it this year is the 40th anniversary of this beloved film that came out in 1980 and my name is justin and i have a special guest with me nathan hello everyone and we recently went and saw the empire strikes back in theaters uh i believe it was last weekend where they here, at least in our area, they've been releasing old movies and just giving the public an opportunity to get out and do stuff with all this Corona stuff going on. We're able to uh, get out and go see some movies. And since there aren't any new movies coming out, they were playing a lot of the old classics like Back to the Future, Jurassic Park, um, and obviously Empire Strikes Back. And I also saw Raiders of the Lost Ark, so... I'm been I've been revisiting my childhood the last few weeks, so it's been great. Uh, so, like I said, it's the 40th anniversary of The Empire Strikes Back this year. Uh, there was supposed to be a Star Wars celebration where they were gonna um, revisit that and have panels and merchandise and all kinds of cool stuff to celebrate this 40th anniversary, but that didn't happen. So uh, Nathan and I decided to do the next best thing and just. Go see the movie in theaters. For you, Nathan, when was the last time that you saw The Empire Strikes Back in theaters before we went and saw it? Well, that would have been when they re-released them, the up special edition uh, prior to the uh, release of episodes one, two, and three. Yeah. Uh, that would have been the last time I saw it in theaters which of course I not I won't say the date because I don't recall, so I don't want to be wrong, but I know it was a good twenty years ago at least because uh, I wasn't married yet. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, that would have been the last time, and of course that was when they had added in uh, and or were releasing all uh, four, five, and six with the updated scenes and enhanced and updated special effects. Yeah. Yeah, I would say that's the last time I saw it as well. And it was 1997. I I just watched a trailer on it, so I was refreshed with the date. But, um, And I think, I don't think it's been re-released since then. I think it's the first time since then. But Yeah, if it has, it would have been in, in under the circumstances that we are in today. A theaters having, you know, a throwback Thursday type of experiences. So certainly not on a certainly not on a nationwide level. Uh, but we know that they've made changes to, they've continued to make changes to the original trilogy um, and uh, the most recent for the Blu-ray release. Uh, so 
Um, and I, that's, I, I would assume that would, that version would have been the version that we saw uh, when we went to go see it last week in the theaters. I actually did see the film last year. Um, so the Utah symphony here in Utah did a, one of those performances where they, they show the movie and then the, the symphony plays the soundtrack as the movie is playing. I did go see that. And that's when they had the moment where it was right during Comic-Con, Salt Lake Comic-Con, and Hayden Christensen was there, and Ian McDiarmid, who plays the Emperor, were there. And that's when they came out uh, before the performance and talked to everyone for just a few minutes. So I did get to see it then, but it wasn't on a big screen. It was pretty big, but it wasn't a movie theater screen. So that actually was a little disappointing that while the audio, the the symphony part, the soundtrack part was amazing and it was really great to hear it uh, live, the video part was kind of a letdown because unless you're like on the front couple rows, it's you're pretty far back and it's hard to to see. It's like you're watching it on a, a phone or a, an yeah. iPad or something because it's yeah. so far away. I've been to that the symphony and, and seen similar uh shows and yeah the 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 four you know the music is obviously the focal point with the small screen playing up above the symphony background and yeah i would it's almost like watching something like on you know it'd be like watching something at home like on an 85 inch big screen tv and uh and then of course there something like probably on like a you know a 20 foot screen pretty pretty small uh because obviously you're there to listen to the music, which, you know, we we can get into that. But obviously the music is a huge part of these movies. Yeah. Yeah. So it was cool in some aspects, definitely. All right. So what I wanted to do now is actually play the original trailer from The Empire Strikes Back and just see how far this movie has come. It's pre-special edition. So no... Um, no, none of those special edition changes and see if you can see who is actually voicing the the trailer it's surprise cameo Luke Skywalker and Han Solo rescued the princess destroyed the Death Star but their story didn't end there Creators of the biggest smash hit of all time bring you the next episode in the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back. The continuing story of our band of heroes, Luke Skywalker, Princess Leia, Han Solo, C-3PO, R2-D2, and Chewbacca. And introducing Lando Calrissian. It's an epic of romance. Of heroes and villains. They cross trackless voids to unknown worlds.
galactic odyssey against oppression. A big, new, sprawling space adventure in the Star Wars saga, The Empire Strikes Back. Coming to your galaxy next summer. <laughs> so, watching that, it's it's interesting. Um, so, I don't know. Did you pick up on who was narrating the trailer? I I didn't at first, but but I I'm I, it's a guess. But is that a young Harrison Ford? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Harrison Ford. Yeah, I thought uh, that was interesting. Wow, he, he that guy could sell TVs. I know, sound <laughs> like a used car salesman. Yeah, I, yeah, interesting. Well, you know, great actor, right? Yeah, yeah. But, but yeah, it was interesting watching the footage um, when they said it's an a tale of romance. It shows uh, <laughs> Luke and Leia kissing in on uh, Hoth. Yeah, and then it immediately cuts to Han and Leia arguing all the time. <laughs> so it's like a complete misdirect. That oh yeah, Luke and Leia are going to get together, and Leia and Han are going to argue and fight all the time, and not, you know. So yeah, it definitely goes away from what we saw in Cloud City between those two. Yeah. <laughs> so that was fun. Wow, that's great. Love hearing that. Yeah. So. That was that came out in 1979, so uh, a few months before the film was released in May of 1980, um, and we both saw it in theaters that year. And I'm assuming you enjoyed it as well. The the movie? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, to at this point, you know, to the original Star Wars movie. Once you come out of Empire, the two, you feel like the 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 original just just kind of skimmed the surface, right? This to me just had a lot more uh, content and meat and dived a lot more into the characters. Uh, I I you know I've said this before and I know a lot of people feel this way, but you know Empire is definitely one of my top three of the of the of the nine uh movie series if not if not my most favorite one it definitely had a lot more meat on its bones like you said character development and one thing i noticed well actually there's quite a few things i noticed when we went and saw it uh last weekend but one thing is we get a lot about the force the force is expounded upon uh we see it being used more than just trying to trick people or do something like that uh, so this whole idea of the force and what it, you can do and what it is, we learned that. And that was just as interesting as any of the other character developments, development stuff that we saw. Absolutely. Yeah. We get introduced into more characters. We get introduced into more uh, uh, locales and, and uh, places, uh, new planets. Uh, it's, it was just like, like you're half obviously as you were you're you're 
waist deep in the story and you're just eating it up and we get introduced them into some of the most beloved characters uh including villains i.e bubba fett i mean you know i seem to recall that after empire came out he was i think in the original he has hardly any lines in the movie but yet i mean everyone wanted that bubba fett uh, action figure <laughs> and yeah. wanted to dress like him for Halloween. <laughs> yeah, he was pretty cool. There's a lot of um, fan reaction to that because I remember as kids, we all loved Boba Fett and wanted to be him, like you said. But nowadays, it's uh, it's interesting that a lot of those same uh, kids who are now adults are are saying that Boba Fett is overrated, that he didn't do much. He was just stood there and then when he, in Return of the Jedi, uh, spoiler alert, he when he dies, he doesn't he just kind of falls into the Sarlacc pit and dies, right? So there's this a lot of arguments, not like bad arguments, just back and forth that's oh Boba Fett's overrated, he didn't do anything. We all thought he was cool, but he really didn't uh have an impact on the story. So Yeah, no, he didn't, but you know, when you're seven years old <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> versus 47 years old back then you the persona right is what you fell in love with and it's not what you saw on screen it's what you imagined in your head and that's why we're such huge star wars fans is because we got uh uh we got a a a proverbial door open to this universe and as a little and as kids all we wanted to do is live in that universe and so I didn't need him to be um, – I, I didn't need to see him do all these great things. I already knew he could do them. Uh, it was just he looked cool, and he had that cool armor and that cool helmet. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I loved it. He just yeah. – the way he carried himself. My, my only problem with Boba Fett, and, of course, again, this is through the mind of a seven-year-old, is, is his ship sure was weird-looking. And, but I even thought that about the Millennium Falcon, and still to this day, to uh, you know, I love the Millennium Falcon. But right, you know, you grow up, you always have these ideas about you know ships, spaceships should have like a sleek aerodynamic, aerodynamic kind of a design, and uh, except for the X-wing, all the other ships in the Star Wars universe kind of all have these kind of odd shapes. But you know. But I, I love them. I love them. Yeah. Yep. So we went and saw it. And did you enjoy seeing it in theaters? You know, 40 years later, it is the 40th anniversary. So definitely there's some nostalgia there. Um, for me, I I did enjoy it. It's always been one of my Star Wars, favorite Star Wars films. And to see it again, I think there's just something about being in the theater and it's dark. You have this huge screen in front of you. The sound is just, you know, turned up and it's surround sound. So you got all the, it's the perfect viewing experience. And then to see your fate, one of your favorite films on screen, it's just a good experience. And so I definitely enjoyed it. Oh yeah, absolutely. You know, we, obviously we own these films. We can watch them whenever we, we want to and, and, and do. Uh, but yeah, it's always fun to see them on the big screen uh, to fill up the space. And again, 
what I really loved about about this film is the introduction of new locales, new locations. Uh, you know, it kind of we see contrasts to the original film. We go from Tatooine, a, a, a dry desert sand planet, to Hoth, an ice planet. Uh, we see Dagobah, and we see the jungle, and we see Yoda. We go to Cloud City. Uh, it's it's just you know uh, the, the the locations in this movie were were just as much as part of their character. They became characters. Uh, just as much in the movie as did the actors and characters themselves. So yeah, to see it on the big screen was just uh, you know it's always it's always a thrill. Yeah. Were there anything? Was there anything that you noticed? Because like you said, we have it at home. I've watched it at home plenty of times. Was there anything that you noticed seeing in theater that was different than when you see it at home in your living room? So the biggest part, I think, for me is uh, regarding that question is, of course, you know, now that we're in the circumstances we are, we have the ability to go back and not only look at the films, but to see what happened behind the scenes and to see what happened uh, or what what didn't get put in because we have access to that kind of material and uh, that type of content where we, you know, we didn't have that. So watching the movies again, and of course knowing the movies as well as you do, you do tend to kind of maybe uh, for fall away from following the story and start looking for things like, for example, we know that originally there was an idea uh, that there would be, um, you know, these, uh, the, the, the Hoth, that the base was going to get attacked by these or was being attacked by these ice creatures. Right. And, uh, you know, the, the Wampas that the originally Luke Skywalker was going to, that was attacked by, well, they were going to have multiple Wampas in the caves and they were going to, they showed, you know, they were going to have them kind of breaking through walls and attacking people. And, and when you look at some of that, footage you sure are glad that they didn't put that in because yeah (laughs) (laughs) because it does not look good you know uh but yeah so stuff like that you know you're looking for stuff that that you know uh was cut out and or of course being the special edition you know you looked for you know the changes and tweaks that they made to the original so yeah so i like to look for those you know obviously um and we talked about this before, but uh, when Palpatine is talking to Darth Vader, uh, we know that that scene went through, went through, has gone through multiple changes, um, including the dialogue. And uh, we also know uh, that uh, you know there were some other enhancements. Uh, you know, uh, Boba Fett's voice. You know, they they brought in the character from the the actor. The voice actor from the Clone Wars to redo his voice, so so you had some continuity there. Uh, so those are the things that stand out to me, obviously. Um, but uh, but I, whenever I watch these movies, and I, and this might be a good forum or opportunity, maybe for you, Justin, to kind of. But there's there's some things in those movies that I always uh, I didn't I never I didn't really understand, and I never really took the time 
to kind of research it. Um, and we can get into that later if you like, but you know, I've, when, when Luke is training with Yoda and he goes to the cave and he sees Darth Vader and he chops his head off and the face, uh, the mask is revealed and it shows Luke's face. And then, you know, later on when Luke is leaving or, or talking to him, Yoda says, you know, remember your failure in the cave. And I'm like, I, I must not be very uh, movie savvy, but I never really fully understood what that meant. What does Yoda mean when, you know, when he says, remember your failure in the cave? Maybe yeah. What does that mean? What did you understand that to mean? Yeah. The good thing about that scene is it's pretty, it has, has some layers to it. Like it, it's the first time that Luke senses the dark side. He feels cold. He's like, what is that? What's that feeling? He, it's the first time he notices it and that it's not a good thing. And Yoda says, oh, it's the, the, the tree, the cave is full of the dark side. You have to go there. And he puts, so he puts on his weapons belt, right? And he's like, no, Yoda's like, no, you don't need those. But he takes them anyway. So I always took it as his failure is he took the weapons when he wasn't supposed to or didn't need to. So he was relying on his lightsaber or his blaster instead of the force. So he didn't learn that lesson. But at the same time, I'm like, well, he goes down in the cave and there's Vader, so what is he supposed to do? Right, yeah. Well, it, what, what, what was he supposed to do? Well, Yoda presumably knew what was going to happen. Obviously, yeah. this is some type of, of projection that's being emanated either by the dark side of the Force um, uh, that's connecting with Luke. Uh, and obviously, there's, there's some foreshadowing there when Luke... When the, when the face is exposed and Luke sees himself, mm-hmm. is, is that a way of showing that if Luke isn't careful, um, that he could find himself on the dark side? Um, yeah. you know, or is it more of a, a reference to, a, to his, blo- his actual blood relationship to Darth Vader and that, and that ultimately we find out later on in the movie, uh, Luke is his son. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't think about that part. So, but you know, that means he failed before he even went into the cave because you know he he puts his weapons on and starts to walk and looks like um, you know, all the same. I think I'll take them. So yeah. yeah, yeah, and that's like you said, that's interesting. That you know he the the mask explodes and his face is in there, and it could mean one of two things, maybe more, and. I think the reason I think the the standout reason is if he doesn't watch himself he's going to he could turn into Darth Vader. You know, that could be him turning to the dark side, become a a lord of the Sith. And I think that's a result of him taking his weapons. That if he relies on his weapons and uses them in aggression or you know whatever, you know, he that's the path to the dark side. So I've always wondered, well, what if he had gone without his weapons? Would he have seen Darth Vader? Would right. he have seen something else? Would he something else been revealed to him? Yeah. So, so and I don't know if it's appropriate to bring it up right now, but so is this, um, is this a, so in, when Ray 
has a similar experience, you know, going into the, 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 the ocean cave and she sees a reflection of herself. I don't know. I, I would presume that was by design and, and, and a reference to this scene in the empire strikes back where when faced with the dark side, uh, or, or the, you know, when, when faced with being or being in a locale or location where the force, the dark side is strong, it, does it, it, does it try to connect you or tempt you in a way to see, to try to, to make a connection with you to kind of lure you in, albeit, uh, albeit not, not, um, as, as a masquerade, right? Right. Cause you know, Luke, Luke doesn't know what he's going on and, and Ray, she didn't know what she was looking at. And, uh, so it's, it's almost seems like that the dark side is trying to capture you with, you know, with, uh, you know, uh, little snares and not outright in front of your face to kind of lure you in just like it lured Anakin in not, not abruptly right here, but, but at to a point where he was like so far in, he didn't even realize it until it was too late and felt like he no, then no longer had a choice. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know, but that, that was something that's always kind of perplexed me. Why does Yoda say, remember your failure in the cave? I'm like, what, what was, you know, that was, if that was a test, what, what did he fail? What exactly did he not do right? Um, because I, I didn't see the test part. I just saw a, a foreshadowing of what, of what, of what that, what eventually we came to know is that, that Darth Vader is his son, or yeah. his is his father. Yeah. Well, I think the test was rely on the Force, not other things, and he took his weapons. Okay. So yeah. That's, I, I, that's always been my take. Oh yeah, I didn't never I never thought about that. And also, I like how you brought in the sequel trilogy to that. Um, in in my mind, it is one complete story. But if you break it down, it's definitely the chicken and the egg. Um, the sequel trilogy was written with seeds planted from the originals and the prequels. It wasn't organic. It's not an organic thing. It was created after the fact. So... But I do like how the sequels tie into that. Like you said, Ray goes into the the cave on the Death Star, has her own experience. And also, you can bring it in with The Last Jedi, where um, Luke did learn his lesson in The Last Jedi. He he knew that he had to use the Force to, to resolve the conflict that he was being uh, asked to join against the First Order. You know, he even says, what do you want me to do? Use my lightsaber to stand in front of the whole First Order, you know, st stand them down. And so right. that was, you know, that was the old Luke. Uh, uses weapons to, to defeat, you know, whatever threat is there instead of using the Force. Right. So His laser sword. His laser sword, <laughs> yep. That, that irritated a lot of people. I know when Luke called his lightsaber a laser sword yeah. in the movie. Yeah. So that's, 
supposedly in the last Jedi, he's learned that lesson. He's learned, you know, I I need to find a way through the Force to resolve this issue and not just run off like I did on, on Dagobah, run off with my weapons and go save my friends. I need to do something different this time. Right. And I I see that point, and I I can agree with it, but I kind of don't like it either at the same time. I wish it would have been resolved differently, but that's different podcast, different argument, and we won't go there, but that's kind of the way I take it. Yeah, uh, yeah, th- this was a great movie, and, and yeah, to, to kind of move on, what I really loved about this movie too is we, it, we really get to a lot more of Han Solo in this movie, right? This was Han Solo's movie, and boy, uh, did we get to see all sides of his character, and uh, I think it's the one where we really grow to, to love him and uh, kind of get that kind of like shady, uh, uh, swashbuckling space a smuggler uh, persona, uh, you know, uh, ruffian that we all grow to love and appreciate and kind of all wish, you know, we were on some degree. You know, that's, that's the thing about this movie. Who would you rather be if you could transform yourself? Would you want to be Luke Skywalker or Han Solo? It, to me, it's, I don't know. Sometimes it's a toss-up, right? Yeah. Yeah, like you said, it's definitely Han Solo's movie. I think in A New Hope, he was he was in the middle. We didn't know what to think of him. He was all you know in it for the money, that type of thing. And he still kind of was in this, but he grew, like you said. He he took steps. Like, at first, oh, I'm going to leave. But then, oh, i got to go save my friend. Then he saves his friend. Oh, i got to help my friend, Leia. You know, so he he does develop this side of personality that we hadn't seen in in A New Hope, and it definitely impacted the entire movie. Like it's seeing Han Solo and his interactions with Leia in the beginning, that 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 was entertainment. Watch them banter, watch them not express their feelings to each other when you both when we saw that they both had them for each other. Right. You know, even even kids, we kind of picked up on it. That oh, why are they fighting all the time? I thought they liked each other. Right. So, yeah, yeah. I, I, it was a great movie. You know, you like we. Everyone loves some the tension, right, between between two people in in a relationship as it as it kind of grows. When you know he he clearly likes her, she clearly likes him, but doesn't want to. Uh, and of course, ultimately in the end, you know, the, the famous scene and of course the more famous line where she says, I love you. And he says, I know, which of course I believe we probably all know, but for those who didn't was originally not in the script. And I think that was, uh, it's still, that was a, an impromptu, uh, line that by Harrison Ford that ended up in the movie and man, you know, and now it's something that people just love, uh, love it, and uh, as do I. And uh, and uh, what a what a great line, um, yeah. and uh, you know, put it on a T-shirt, right? <laughs> <laughs> yep. Me and my wife have those shirts, and we wear them at Disneyland. So. Yeah, they're still, great. Still a great line forty years later. Yeah, and I, and and of course, you know, love that love that they. They brought it back in Return of the Jedi and flipped it on us, right? 
when Harrison says, when Han Solo says it to Leia, and she and she repeats his own line. What you know, I, I love that they did that. Uh, you know, kind of keep it even there. Um, and so, but yeah, just just love the movie. And of course, you know, in the original movie, you never really knew that this, you know, what what this was going to turn into. But clearly. In the second movie, I'm sure George Lucas did, but clearly in the second movie, we are we knew there was going to be a third movie, and so when they wrote the second movie, they obviously had the third movie in mind because you know we have uh, so much that set with that we have so much stuff or content in Empire that sets up the third movie from the very beginning where Han Solo talks about you know he's got a bounty on his head to you know. Uh, you know, Luke Skywalker and him just beginning his training, and uh, but and and then of course Han Solo getting frozen in carbonite and kind of the dark ending that that movie is, and of course the the ultimate climax, the ultimate reveal, the the the, the gasp that was heard around the world was you know Darth Vader, uh, you know telling Luke that he is his father. What, what did you, what, do you remember that moment? What did you think about it? Yeah. Um, so I, I wasn't spoiled. So I, I went in not knowing that was going to happen. And I just remember just like, what, what did he say? And I thought, I thought he was lying. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't think he was his father, even up until I saw Return of the Jedi and that reveal, you know, it was solidified, but yeah, I, I just thought it was a trick that Vader was trying to get him to the dark side. And, and I didn't believe it for, I, I wondered, you know, is it true? But if I had to put my money on it, I would have said, no, no, he's lying. Yeah. Up in, up until the episode six came out. Yeah. I, 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 I don't think I, I, I just was in, I was in disbelief. I, I didn't know if, if Darth Vader was lying per se uh, but I certainly was in shock and 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 didn't want to believe it. Yeah. Uh, so I I I was, but I I think I came to accept it uh, up until the point uh, up until the the Return of the Jedi came out. I was just like, it's that's got to be the case. Um, but of course, the big question is how, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, what's under? You know, when you're a little kid. You can't help but think to yourself, what, who, how did Darth Vader have kids? Isn't he a robot? Isn't he just all? Yeah. I mean, what is Darth Vader? Yeah. Again, again, another little tidbit reveal in this movie. Uh, I mean, that's I love this movie because we got so much little. We got we got to see a glimpse of of Palpatine, right? We got to see a glimpse of. The back of Darth Vader's head. Up until that point, we didn't know what he was. We didn't know if he was a human or a robot. I mean, and and we see him in his in his room, and we see the helmet come down, and we see the 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 head that's scar tissue, and yeah. and and we we see we just we see so much in this movie. Uh, it just opens the universe to to the to the to the Star Wars. Uh, universe and why I I think I fell in love with this movie so much and I think was really the catalyst for like really just expanding the 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 
the marketing uh, of this and the universe and really being able to like just dive into it. Yeah, I think when we saw the back of Vader's head in that uh, chamber, I think that was more impactful for me than the actual I am your father line. Um, I think because I, I remember that. I remember thinking kind of what you're saying. Oh, he's human. I didn't know that. Why is his you know, head all scarred up? What's that about? Yeah. I was more intrigued by that that scene than anything else with Vader. So yeah, a lot of, a lot of great seeds planted in this movie. Yeah, just just loved it. I, I, Luke gets his hand chopped off. I mean, <laughs> yeah. you're like, wait a second, how how is he supposed to be this awesome Jedi Knight in in the coming in the future when he doesn't have a hand? And of course, they show him getting a new hand, but then it's it's like a robot hand. So then I'm the first thought that it came to my mind is, is well, how is he supposed to use the Force? You can't use a Force with a robot hand. It has no feeling in it or or you know these are just all thoughts that popped into my head and uh you know and how is he supposed to wield a lightsaber and and just you know what all these things and of course you know yoda not being you know ben coming back as a force ghost right yeah we didn't see that that. crazy that we we heard his voice at the end of a new hope but then here he is. We actually see his force ghost on Hoth talking to Luke, telling him to go see this master Jedi named Yoda. And, of course, he goes. He crash lands on this planet. And we see this little alien Muppet character, right? <laughs> Certainly not a, a Jedi master that we probably all envisioned in our head. Yeah. Um, what did so- you think of Yoda the first time you saw him? Well, I have to admit, I was a little disappointed because, of yeah. course, when you picture a Master Jedi, you don't think of a little two-foot-tall uh, lizard-looking man with big yeah. ears. Uh, and uh, But I, the first time I saw Yoda, I mean, I was a little like, this guy's annoying, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. when, I, when I first saw him. And he's rummaging through all of Luke's gear and kind of being a, a pest to him. Uh, I was just like, when I was being that young, he kind of scared me a little bit. But then when he transitions to speaking, like, you know, I, when he says, I, I can't train him, he has no patience. And, uh, and he's, and Ben's, and you start hearing Ben, Obi-Wan Kenobi's voice, then you're just like, what? That's Yoda? How, how yeah. is, and then you start thinking to yourself, how does this guy, how does, how does Yoda hold a lightsaber? What does that look like? Right. You know, (laughs) and, uh, but, but some great lines, of course, you know, right. Uh, Obviously the one, the famous line, Uh, do or do not. So try, we love that line. And of course, uh, that's, that's, that's a famous line. And, and then of course, when he, he lifts, when he's Luke is trying to, to lift the, the, uh, X-wing from the swamp and free it. He's just like, you ask the impossible. And, and then Yoda does it. And, and Luke goes to him and says, I, I, I can't believe it. And, and, his, and that line is like, that's why you failed. Because you don't believe, you know. And uh, just, just love it. Just loved it. Yeah. So one thing that I, I, I definitely didn't really notice until uh, we went and saw it. And I brought it up to you after the film is, you know, when Luke's getting ready to leave and 
He's getting in his X-Wing and he flies away. Uh, Ghost Obi-Wan and Yoda are sitting there and Obi-Wan's like, that boy is our last hope. And Yoda says, no, there's another. Right. So the thought that came to me and what we talked about was, well, they didn't want him to go. They didn't want him to leave Dagobah. They wanted to have him trained and, you know, be a, a Jedi strong in the forest before he confronts Vader. But the reason he's leaving is to go save his friends, Han and Leia and Chewie. And so the the question is, well, if Leia is supposedly the other, and this didn't come out until Return of the Jedi three years later. So I'm not sure if at the time of this, the writing and filming of this movie, that Leia was considered the other. Because why would they not want him to go save the other if their backup plan was the other. So that right. doesn't make, that seems like it's a, a paradox. If the backup plan was to get Leia to train yeah. as a Jedi when the, when they want him to go rescue her. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah, when you brought that up and, and, and still, yeah, that, that's a valid, it's a valid question, right? The only, the only thing I can think of, and this is, of course, is just a theory is, is that, you know, Yoda, he, when when Luke says, uh, you know, should I? Because st- they have the debate. They have they they talk about it twice, right? He he has a Luke kind of has a vision, so to speak, and and Yoda and he asks Yoda, are are they in danger? Are they going to die? Are are they going to die? Uh, and Yoda says it's difficult to see, right? So my only thought is is that and and. And we know that ultimately, when Luke does go, he he doesn't save them. They're, they were just bait, right? So perhaps, and this is just a thought, is Yoda was like, if you go, uh, you know, he, he save them, you might. Uh, but at the end of the day, Luke didn't have to go, right? He didn't really save Han and Leia directly. Uh, they were used as bait to get him there. And once they knew he was landing, once Darth knew he was landing, he was like, all right, take these guys away. So, uh, and, and of course they escaped on their own. So if perhaps Yoda ultimately did know that they would be okay. Uh, and which is why he encouraged or felt like he could say, no, if something happens to Luke, we still will have a Leia and she's not, you know, she'll, she's not going to get something bad's not going to happen to her. Uh, she's going to escape on her own. Uh, that's, that's my only okay. spur of the moment thought is that yeah. Yoda, perhaps that when, when Luke is actually leaving, he's, he probably maybe at that point was like, you know what? I, maybe the force was telling him, you know what? She probably is going she's probably going to be okay. Uh, and, uh, so that, that, that's my, that's my only spur of the moment thought. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Cause like you said, Luke didn't directly do anything to help them. Maybe he, uh, occupied Vader because the plan was, uh, freeze Han and Carbonite, give them to the bounty hunter. And let's say Luke doesn't fall. He fall for that. He just stays there. So Han's frozen, Luke never comes, 
Leia and Chewie and the droids are taken to Vader's ship. And that's when that transition happens, that's when they escape. But let's say Luke doesn't show up. So Vader, he doesn't, he's with the group the whole time. So that's, I mean, I guess, or he could just be in the freezing chamber waiting for Luke and Luke never shows up. Right. Yeah. So, and yeah. at the, and the original deal was for Han and Chewie and Leia to stay there in Cloud City. Well, yeah. not Han, I think. Han was going to be given to Boba Fett yeah. and Leia just, would, and stay there in Cloud City. And then Darth Vader, you know, keeps changing the plan, right? Which, you know, again, here we go again. We get another Lando Calrissian introduced to us, another character that, you know, I think ultimately we, we all – uh, fall in love with uh, a rich, a, you know, Mr. Cool, right? Yeah. And uh, and uh, just you know, uh, I just I keep going back to loving this movie because we just get introduced to, you know, and instead of just the three, four, you know, the three main characters and some supporting characters, we get introduced to multiple main characters and. Uh, and several different histories and plot lines. It's just uh, I, I loved it. But yeah, if you're back to your to your thought or your question, that that's that's my only thought is is that Yoda Yoda knew that she would come out okay uh, if, if Luke if Luke went uh, and failed and ultimately failed, right? And, and maybe that's what he meant. He's like, well, yeah, yeah. If that's got it, when Obi Wan says he's our only hope, and he says no, there's another. It's like, well, yeah, he's going to go, and guess what? He's he's going to get killed. Darth Vader's going to kill him, but in the process, Leia will escape, and then we can we can go after her. <laughs> that doesn't okay. sound very good, <laughs> but we can get her and train her as a Jedi. All right, yeah, I could buy that. That makes sense. Okay. Um... So I guess Yoda didn't see that Vader would have compassion on Luke and not kill him. Yeah, that's a great point. So, uh, and, and well, and the, and the, not not only not maybe not so much. Yeah, definitely, definitely some compassion, but of course, you know, he he vocalizes an, an ulterior motive, right? Join me, and we'll defeat the Emperor because the Emperor has foreseen it. Which you know they don't make that they don't say that in the movie. You know, uh, Palpatine goes to Darth Vader and says, you know, talks about young Skywalker and how, you know, he's a threat and we need to take him out. Uh, he doesn't say it in that many words, but but then Darth Vader says, yeah, but if he could be turned and Palpatine's like, yes, there's an idea. Yeah. Do you think it can be done? And Darth is like, he'll either turn or die. And he's like, so Darth goes and sets up this plan so does that mean though that the entire time uh did did anakin did darth vader uh have already have that in his mind when he told that to palpatine did he say oh we'll get him to turn but in his mind he's thinking oh he's my son i know he's my son and when i find him i'm going to convince him to join me and take you out i think so I think he did have that, at least the, I don't know if he had it fully planned out, but that initial thought was there, I believe. Yeah. And we can rule as father and son, right? Yeah. That's, that's, that's a good question. So 
with the Sith, that's the rule of two, a, a master and an apprentice. Right. So when the apprentice is saying, we'll get him to join us, that means there's going to be three. Right. So is it like this unspoken competition where Vader's like, he'll join us and then we're going to take you out. Right. And uh, Sidious is like, no, he'll join me and then we'll take you out. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Because, so, you know, uh, Sidious or Palpatine, he has no, he has a problem with apprentices, doesn't he? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he has a problem keeping, he has a problem keeping apprentices. Uh, Darth Maul, you know, Darth Vader, uh, obviously we, it was a miracle. He, he's kept, he's kept alive, but maybe he's looking to trade up. Oh yeah. This old guy, he's an old, he's an old guy now on a respirator. I need to get him out and replace him with some new blood. I'll get well, that's what son. he did with uh, Count Dooku, right? Yep, exactly. Like, oh, this guy's, you know, he's used up. I'm going to get this new young Anakin. He's quite yep. the Jedi. Yeah. Same process. Yeah, right. Well, you can't trust Palpatine. That's for sure. You can't, uh, never. Uh, but, but yeah, what I, I, I never thought about it until we were just thinking. To, because some of the stuff that they say isn't doesn't happen. Because Darth Vader says... When he's talking to Luke, you know the Palpatine, uh, you know the Empire, the Emperor. He has first, he, you know, he's afraid of you. He he sees you're you're powerful with the Force, and he's he foresees that you can take him out. Uh, he's scared of you. That that he, the uh, Darth Sidious didn't say that to Darth Vader when they were speaking. So there's some there's some unspoken uh, dialogue there. Uh, that that is brought out in these in these other conversations. A Darth Vader saying, "You know what? Join me, and we'll take him out." And B, he's afraid of you. He's he's he sees he's been able to see in the future, and gets the sense that you can defeat him. Uh, so let's do it. Let's join join me, and and we'll rule the galaxy as father and son. Part of me wishes that uh, Luke would have joined him. And they would have made a play. <laughs> yeah. And then, then Luke's like, well, my plan was to join and then turn you after the fact. Then so we both be good. I don't know if that's possible. but Yeah. That definitely Luke... wouldn't be very, very Jedi-esque. But, <laughs> but probably right. very, very modern movie, yeah. you know, twisty. To, in today's world, you could see uh, something like that where the hero kind of goes in as a double double undercover right oh yeah i'll join you dad i'll join the dark side and yeah and then right but it would have been cool to see father and son you know teaming up type thing yeah you know we you know we obviously in return of the jedi which you know i'm sure we'll talk about that in another episode but yeah obviously we see some type of closure uh some type of between luke and his dad and anakin in the end but uh yeah um yeah, it would have been it would have been interesting to see uh, them team up in a way that was more than just the few brief moments that yeah. we saw in in Return of the Jedi at the last at the very last moment that like we did. Uh, but yeah. So at the end of the movie, we're left with the rebels are beaten. They're in hiding. Um, they're out of the galaxy. You know, the galaxy far, far away. They're removed from the galaxy they're 
you can see out the window and they're looking at the galaxy there. So they're like in deep space or something there, you know, they're deep beat. space, outer rim out yeah. trying They're a ragtag bunch. They're defeated. They have, you know, the, the empire, in spite of the fact that the death star was destroyed, was destroyed. They're still getting stronger and bigger and having more influence. Uh, so, yeah. So it's the, it's the, the world building, the introduction of new characters, character development, all this. Um... Yeah, Boba Fett, you know, bounty hunters, you know. This is the movie where we started seeing action figures. I'm sure people correct me if I'm wrong, but it almost seems like this is the movie where we started seeing uh, toy action figures for characters that didn't even have lines in a movie. Right, and we see we see all these bounty hunters that uh, characters that are getting Bosk. to Bosk, who you know, uh, just a lizard, he doesn't he say anything. <laughs> you know, he hisses at the Imperials, and that's it. That's it, and and then we get we get all of these. The next thing you go to the store, and you get you see all of these characters for sale that 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 had nothing to do with the movie. You know, that had. Uh, you know, well, obviously, it had something to do with the movie, but you, that just expand the universe, and I think that ultimately that's why people love this movie. It, it just took, uh, you know, Star Wars was like a, a got your got your the, your palate, your taste buds going for this universe, and, and and Empire just just opens it up and blows your mind, and then of course, ultimately the huge plot twist at the end. Uh, and, and it just left you sitting on the edge of your seat because ultimately, what was it? It was a cliffhanger, right? And it just left you wanting so much more and just so excited yeah. for the third and final episode to come out. Yeah. And back then we had to wait three years for the next film to come out. You mean they didn't film the last two movies at the same time, back to back? Yeah. <laughs> and we couldn't watch it on VHS. I don't remember seeing VHS or no. I think it was on, it might've been on HBO. Yeah. Well, I HBO didn't have HBO. Expensive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know about you, but my parents didn't have HBO or cable yeah, for that matter. Yeah. Cable was a luxury, like a big luxury. So. Nope. Back then it was, you would see a commercial for it. This Friday night, the Friday night movie is going to be Empire Strikes Back and you planned your whole weekend around it and you weren't recording it because my parents didn't own a vcr either and boy you you bought all your popcorn and got all your snacks and that's the way it was you just hoped and whenever these saturday night friday night movies came on one of the four channels that you watched or you owned boy that was boy that was exciting stuff back then yeah I wonder what the future of our world is going to be because our kids are so enabled by entertainment and the ability to just get, you know, instant gratification on so many things. Right. Uh, so anyways, but that's another podcast. Yeah. A different episode, different channel. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, we broke down Episode five, The Empire Strikes Back, and it's the 40th anniversary. It's been a great 40 years. Uh, loved it in theaters the first time. Loved it when we saw it last week. And looking forward to 
three years, it'll be the Return of the Jedi 40th anniversary. Wow. We'll probably go see it again then in theaters. But uh, like you said, it was this movie's the meat of this trilogy and perhaps the entire saga. Um, the prequels were the rise and fall of Anakin Skywalker. And basically it's if Vader would have failed as a character in this movie, no one would have wanted to see the history of Anakin Skywalker, how he became Darth Vader. So you could potentially tie the prequels into this, the, the success of this movie. So absolutely just, just a great movie. And, and again, as I'm sitting here, just the introduction of, you know, we got the snow speeder, right? Yeah. We got yep. Tauntauns, we got Imperial walkers. I mean, oh, yeah. it's just, I mean, you could, and then you could buy all this stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I had a friend. I had a friend and his little brother. Uh, the friend was the same age as me, and the little brother was like two years younger. But for Christmas, they'd get Christmas and birthdays. They'd get all the latest Star Wars action figures, vehicles, uh, and they'd get two of them. Like my friend would get one, and then his brother would get the same thing. Oh, that's so cool! So they'd have they had two Adat Walkers, two Millennium Falcons. <laughs> Two of all the characters, and I had like my ten characters and my X-wing. You know, yeah. that, was, that was the extent of what I had. So I was like, yeah. they were my best friends. <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. The Tie Fighter, where you push yeah. the button and the wings blew off the sides. Pop off, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the pop off wings, and yeah. yeah, just you know, I tended, I didn't get a, my parents didn't buy me a lot of that stuff, but they did get me like the the stuff you could play like. So I had like. I had Han Solo's blaster. I had, you know, I had a, a lightsaber. Things that you could role play, play with, kind of like pretend type. Of, we call it role playing now, but as kids, we just call it playing. You know, yeah. running around. Unfortunately, you know, and that was back when a toy gun was made to look like a, a toy gun. Now you buy Han Solo's. Uh, if you buy a, a blaster, it's white with an orange with orange. Yeah. Uh, tips at this side. <laughs> or the whole thing's orange. Oh, yeah, the to, whole thing. Just orange. to make sure. Yeah. It's not a real gun. <laughs> Poor kids. They're really missing out. Yeah. So we want to thank you guys for joining us here on the Credible Nerds podcast as we revisited The Empire Strikes Back on this 40th anniversary year. Uh, you can always check us out on social media. Join us there on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. Just do a search for The Credible Nerds and you'll find us. Uh, follow us, like our posts, join in on the conversation. Also check out our website, CredibleNerds.com, and you'll see all of our podcast episodes and and blog posts and things like that. So go there, check us out. Uh, we want to invite you to support us on Patreon. Just go to Patreon.com slash CredibleNerds and support us there. You'll find bonus episodes, bonus content that you don't find on our regular podcast episodes uh, so definitely check us out there thank you guys for listening and following us and we'll catch you next time may the force be with you 